Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Ike, the wait is finally over. Week one is in the books, but football is back. And BetOnline AG is the place to go if you want to place a wager. You might as well. If you really consider or you like your team or you like your player, you need to go out on BetOnline <laughs> because I'm messing with them. I love them. Spot on, Ike. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. You've got the coaching props too. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Ike, we've talked about this week in and week out, too. There's the online casino as well. It never closes. No, just like 7-Eleven at every corner store. Never closes. Matter of fact, we had a poor boy store in New Orleans on East Street in East New Orleans called We Never Close, <laughs> and they never did close. <laughs> so let's get back to what we was about to talk about. Bet online, because bet online got everything you're looking for. Head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by 12-year NFL veteran and two-time Super Bowl champion of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. Ike Normally, what is Victory Monday, it is Victory Tuesday following the Steelers' 26-16 win over the Giants on Monday Night Football. I know, slow start by seven, a.k.a. Big Ben. Wind up settling down, knocked the rust off a little bit, got a new screw, and came back in the second half, and he was looking like the Ben of old. If you're asking or if you have a question or asked, you know, what was his arm strength? He showed you. Did the man have touch down the field? He showed you. Can a man scramble a little bit? He's not what he used to be before, like, shedding guys off and sliding in the pocket, he showed you. So it just took seven, a.k.a. Big Ben, though. It took him a half just to settle down. And I'm sure he was nervous, you know what I'm saying? So I would be nervous as well just taking the whole year off, uh, having that kind of – and it's been over a, a 15 he, – he felt like it's been over years, and it just it just finally happened last year. So, but to see seven on that field, uh, to see what the defense, and we'll talk about the defense later, but to see what seven did on the field, Mark and Mark, he looks like the seven of old. So, and the good thing about it is everybody who's surrounding him at the position he needs is young. And you know who stood to benefit from Big Ben's return? Juju Smith-Schuster. One of the big stats that stuck out to me, six receptions on six targets. So, on a 100% connection between Big Ben and Juju, 69 receiving yards, two touchdowns for Juju. And Ike, one thing I noticed, Juju lined up in the slot on 91% of his routes last night. That was a much higher percentage than in the 2019 season, 61% of his routes in the slot in the 2019 season. So Steelers using Juju in the slot where he's effective with that chemistry that he has with Big Ben. I know, but 
before AB left the Pittsburgh Steelers, he was a slot guy. That's where he made his money, Juju, we were talking, in the slot. So outside of the slot, outside of that box, it would be kind of hard for Juju to make his money consistently. Juju is a, a linebacker, is a safety nightmare. It's a good matchup for Pittsburgh. It's a bad matchup when you put Juju in the slot. And the reason why it's so bad, if you put him in a slot, he's faster than linebackers. He's probably more physical than safeties. So people forget Juju played safety slash corner when he was at USC. They just asked him to play wide receiver when he wound up playing wide receiver. Now, he has a an aggressive mindset, a bad attitude when it comes down to being a receiver. You know, very aggressive. So Juju working in that slot, that will benefit him in the Pittsburgh still. Of course, they got Deontay on the outside. They got James. James Washington looked good on the outside last night. And you saw what a young Chase Claypool can do tiptoeing that sideline. So that's going to work out perfect between Ben and Juju, Juju in that slot. Ike, one reason why I'm actually happy we're recording today is we have more information about some of the Steelers' injuries from last night's game. We were going to do a live reaction, but as soon as Pittsburgh secured victory, you were sawing logs. <laughs> we were going to record last night, and I was texting you, and all right. of a sudden it didn't get a response. It's like, well, we'll have to record Tuesday. Mark, Mark, I tried. I was tired of here. I was tired. I, my, eyes, my eyes got low. You thought... You thought I was smoking something, how low my eyes was. <laughs> but no, nah, that was just straight tiredness. <laughs> you can check out our halftime reaction on Instagram. We posted that. And just fun to hear from fans who are just so excited that football was back. And Monday night with a doubleheader, that's always the case in week one. It was fun to hear Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet do the game, two guys who normally announce college football games. I mm-hmm. thought they did a terrific job on the broadcast last night. But like I was saying, though, we now know that Zach Banner has been diagnosed with a torn ACL. An MRI today will probably confirm that diagnosis. It looks like the Steelers will be without him for the remainder of the season. Banner carted off the field after that knee injury. And then guard Stefan Wisniewski got hurt. Remember, the team was playing out with David DeCastro on that offensive line. And then running back James Conner, he had an ankle injury and didn't play the last he played was in the second quarter in last night's game now Mike Tomlin has left the door open that Connor could play in week two against the Broncos I just kind of was curious about the way he phrased Connor's injury and let me get this here he says that the Steelers will leave the light on for James Connor in week two Ike what does that mean to you in terms of Connor's status if he's available that's all he's saying the light on is He's gonna he's gonna leave it up to the training staff and Connor. If Connor is sixty percent, don't even do it, bro, because you're gonna wind up making the injury worse than what it really is. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta find your running back who can get in the groove as good as James Connor is or has been a Pro Bowl running back. That's been his knock. It's been injury prone. You know what I'm saying? So Pittsburgh know what they're working with. They know what they're doing. They got a a stable of running backs, and now people are starting to see the reason why. And one of them was Benny Snell, ran for a career high 113 yards. The man with the spinning mouth guard, Ike. I don't know if you saw that, but Mm second-year player out of Kentucky, trying to establish himself in this league. And if they can get some of these running backs in rhythm, that really lightens the load for Big Ben as he starts to come back from his elbow injury too. Ike, I like that the Steelers covered that six, six six-and-a-half point spread last night. You know what, too? And I think this is a good time to move to the defensive side of the ball. 
The fact that this Steelers defense held Saquon Barkley, one of the NFL's best running backs, to six yards rushing on 15 carries, Ben Roethlisberger outrushed Saquon Barkley last night. And I tell you what, add that to the list of the reasons why I stopped playing fantasy football. Yeah, that was the game plan for their defense. Mark was 26 wasn't going to beat us. And if you just look at throughout the course of the first half, the wide receiver for the New York Giants, he made a few plays. He was open a few times. So, but I just know Coach Tomlin and that defensive staff thinking, we're not about to let Saquon beat us. Darius Slayton, six catches, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. But, Ike, we had talked about this with the guys from Clapback Sports previewing this game. You know, stack the box against Mm -hmm. Saquon, put seven, eight guys in the box, and then make Daniel Jones beat you on the outside. And, Mm -hmm. sure, you're going to get burned at times when that happens, but I'd much rather shut down Saquon just because we know what he can do, make these other guys Prove that they can beat you. And another key to this game, too, I think the play that really changed things for the Steelers was T.J. Watt's interception. It led to a touchdown in the first half. And then that final drive at the end of the first half to take a 16-10 to lead into the mm-hmm. locker room as well. But really, it was T.J. Watt's interception that really got things going for Pittsburgh in week one. He shifted the momentum because throughout the course of the game, the Giants had the momentum. After that, T.J. Watt, crazy interception. That dude is so special. After T.J. Watt got that interception, it, it, it just kind of went Pittsburgh way. Saquon had a few good screen runs, had a few good uh, plays. But before that, after T.J. had made that play, it was kind of a wrap. You know, then the defense just kind of took it over. We talked about this guy, Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree had a real good game. You know what I'm saying? So now you're looking at Bud. And you're looking at TJ coming off the edge, and now Bud is Bud is playing on how he's built. Bud is like 280. Bud Dupree is like 280, and he's a fast 280. So you you see you saw him thump, you know Saquon a few times. You saw him move around some offensive linemen a few times. So, but then again, like you said, Mark, after TJ Watt had got that interception, it just shifted the momentum all the way to Pittsburgh, and he didn't look back. To add about your point about Bud Dupree, it was his pressure of Daniel Jones that led to Cam Hayward's interception mm-hmm. as well. So it was a team effort on that play. Like we had talked a little bit on our halftime reaction and then a little bit before today's pod about the defensive effort in the first quarter when Deontay Johnson was trying to field the punt. He fumbles and the Giants get it back in the red zone, and it looked like he was trying to field the punt inside the 10-yard line at what was honestly, in my opinion, a mental mistake. I was always taught, you know, if it's, if it's you line up at the 10, you keep your feet there, and if it's over your head, you let it go and hope for a touchback, hope the ball bounces in the end zone. He fumbles, the Giants get it back in the red zone, and this Steelers defense held strong. And I thought you said something really interesting during our halftime reaction is, you don't give up a blade of grass and dominant defenses have that mentality at all times. And I thought that was an absolutely critical part in last night's game early on, on the road in New York, where again, if the Giants go up seven, nothing, we might be talking about a completely different ball game. So they picked up where they left off last year, the defense, and that was being stingy. So they were stingy last year and now they're being stingy this year. Um, it was an old coastal bowl saying, 
you know, defend every blade of grass. And that's exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers defense did last night. So you can't control how you get on the field as a defender, but once you're on the field, you can control everything that you do. That's been a mentality for the past two and a half, three years. Like, them boys, they're taking onus. Again, they have the most first-rounders, and I think that helps out a lot. Has the most first-rounders that's living up to their expectations on that defense. It's looking like the defensive old, Mark, to be honest with you, but you can just tell by the mindset. And we was talking to the guys last week on who it was, and it's Cam Hayward. I really do and truly believe everything starts with Cam Hayward. He wound up getting an interception in the red zone last night. Coach T talked about why they paid him the money they paid him because they called him Mr. Consistent. Like, you can always rely on this guy. He's healthy. He's consistent on the field. He's consistent off the field. He makes plays. Not only is he an all-pro, but he's a pro bowler. So Cam is just being Cam. Cam is like a if – if you want to think about animals, pets, as pets, he's like a cat. You ain't really got to worry about a cat. Cats pretty much take care of themselves. Now, if you want to go to a dog, you know, dogs need a lot of attention. They need walk, they need groom, they need fed. They really rely on humans. Cats ain't really tripping on humans. They can take care of themselves. So that's how I look at Cam. Like, Cam going to always take care of himself. So as a coach, I'm like, that's a guy right there I never have to worry about. I never have to hit a button. I never have to think about what's, what is he doing off the field. I don't have to ask how is he in the community. He just does it, period. So shout out to Cam on his money. Shout out to Cam on getting the interception. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense for locking it down last night. A couple stats I want to run you through too, Ike, to add on to your point. Barkley's 15 rushes for just mm-hmm. six yards – Tied for the second fewest by any player with 15-plus rushes in a game since the 1970 merger. It's also the second fewest rushing yards of Barkley's career. So just a tremendous effort by this defense last night. And you shut down Barkley, you shut down the Giants. And here's the thing. If Barkley gets going, I think that really opens up things for the Giants from an offensive standpoint in getting some of their other guys involved. They're a young team. At the same time, I was just so impressed. And it was exactly like you said, this defense picked off where it was a season ago. And if the Steelers' offense can get rolling too, it's going to be really, really promising for Pittsburgh in 2020. Defense is a strong point of that team. When you want to talk about Pittsburgh now, you got to talk about the defense. Um, the offense just got to make enough plays to win ball games. I don't think you're going to rely on Ben like as much as – as many weapons as he have right now, you're not going to rely on him totally because you can, you, you can see his scramble game ain't the scramble game what it used to be. You know, um, his arm is still strong as heck. But at the same time, everything starts and ends with that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And like you say, man, just giving up three points, that's a four-point swing. You know, matter of fact, since we're talking about point swinging, make sure y'all bet online. Make sure y'all bet online. But let's get back to Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, man. Like you said, they picked up where they left off last year, and that's being stingy. And the Steelers open as a six-point favorite, hosting Denver in week two. Now, Heinz Field won't have any fans in the month of September. We'll see what happens moving forward. But something I have my eye on is how this team manages the offensive line with the injuries that they have there. But, Ike, it's like you say – with a young line, one thing you can do is run the ball run the and ball. establish the yep. run, and it establishes yep. and opens up everything else from an offensive standpoint. Yep. That's going to be the MO. You know, is 
it's going to be like that till Ben feels real comfortable with his receivers on the outside off of eye contact or off of coverage contact. And what I mean by that is if I look at Juju, if I look at Deontay, if I look at James and we both on the same page because we see the same coverage, it might be a run play, but we can make this a quick passing play and get five or six yards off of that. But until that happens, and that's nothing but reps in practice, they're going to run the ball. That's what I believe. A couple of other observations I had. I thought that Chase Claypool had a nice debut, made a few splash plays. He had that tiptoe catch along the sideline, and then the end round is secured at the end. I love that they went for it at the end of the game to run out the clock to secure victory and not have to punt the ball back to the Giants up 10. And another thing, too, Chris Boswell, extremely reliable a season ago. He did miss an extra point in last night's game. Hopefully that does not become a trend. But he was money last year. He's very, very reliable. Hopefully that does not become a trend for him in the Steelers. But, Ike, the 49th win for the Steelers on Monday Night Football, tied for the most all-time with the 49ers. So, a great start to the season for Pittsburgh, and uh, we'll see what happens week two. Again, a six-point favorite over Denver next weekend at Heinz Field. Yeah, you know, I got a, I got a few guys off my on my fantasy team from Denver. Um, <laughs> I do have the Pittsburgh Steelers defense on my fantasy team. I got Jared Judy. I got Philip Lindsay. I see Philip Lindsay. He's hurt right now, so I got to get an extra running back. But um, yeah, I expect Pittsburgh to do the same thing what they did to the Giants to come out of the stadium with the W. I like how your voice gets very, very low when you're admitting that to our listeners, Ike. <laughs> you know, I haven't played fantasy football in a while, so now that I got some time on my hands, I got into this fantasy football league. So when we was drafting, my A-Rod brothers, they was, they was talking smack to me, and I won my first game by like 40 last night. So uh, I can't wait to see them so I can talk smack to them. Well, when we were talking at halftime, you were like, this is just icing on the cake because I've already won this game by like 40 or 50 points. So uh, we'll mm -hmm. see. It's going to be a hungry mm -hmm. Broncos team because the Broncos fell to the Titans in the doubleheader last night, the second uh, matchup against Tennessee. So the Broncos are going to want to avoid going 0-2. You start 0-2, you can pretty much kiss the playoffs goodbye. But it's funny you mentioned fantasy. I last played several years ago. My buddy was the commissioner, and we're playing in week 17, which is like taboo for fantasy football owners because there's a lot of teams that will rest their starters in week 17 in preparation for the playoffs. So I wasn't the commissioner. I'm asking the commissioner, what's going on? Why are we playing in week 17? The championship week should be in week 16. I, I was not happy about it, and I haven't played since. Nah, depending on who the commissioner is, I totally agree with what you're saying. If, if you got some guys and them guys have a good record and you know their coach is going to sit them because they don't want them to get injured before the playoffs, which is probably half of the teams, the commission know better. But if the commission has been winning his <laughs> – if he's if he or she has been winning the championships by doing that, they're not changing the rules, Marky Mark. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. You got the you, both the men and the women that play fantasy football. I'll tell you what. A thing I would always drive me nuts about fantasy football, too, is like if you're rooting for a team and they score a touchdown, but it doesn't go to the player that you need, you're like happy for your team, but then you're not. And then I feel like every year there are guys who are fantasy stars and put up these huge numbers, but it's like how good at football are they actually? 
even though they're putting up right. these, you know, insane stats a lot of times in garbage time too. And so that would just always drive me nuts where it's like, you can have a good football player who's not necessarily putting up the best fantasy numbers and then vice versa. I look at fantasy as a little bit different from everybody else. I look at fantasy from a coach's standpoint. So I look to see who they playing. I look to see matchups and depending on my depth chart, I'll, I switch up my lineup. I'm very, surgical when it comes down to this fantasy football league. So I put a lot of thought into it. I don't overthink, but I put enough thought into it. But I'm always thinking like a coach when it comes down to this fantasy thing. So you're benching all the Broncos for week two then? No, I'm not. I think Jared Judy, I think Jared Judy is going to be a good receiver, period. You know, we got a taste of what he can do. He dropped a nice little pass last night, an easy pass coming across the middle. But if you saw him get out of his cut, you was like, holy moly, this dude going to have a lot of separation on a lot of corners. So, and, and I'm sure Coach Tomlin is thinking the same thing, like, hey, listen, they, they got a young rookie receiver, Jared Judy over there. Please do not sleep on him. Because if you sleep on him, he's going to kill us for a buck 80, close to 200. So, and when you see talent, you just got to acknowledge it. Like, I don't care whether you're a rookie or an eight-year vet, like, when somebody is good, they're good. We can all see how good Jared Judy will be soon. You pointed that out to me last night, Ike, as we start to wrap up here in that Big Ben coming back. And you told me, you were like, he hasn't played with any of these young receivers in a meaningful game, really, other mm -hmm. than Juju. But as a whole, as a collective offensive unit, he hasn't done that yet. And I'm thinking about this, right? Like, Juju's 23, and he's like the most veteran receiver on this roster with mm -hmm. Deontay and James Washington. Okay, you've got Eric Ebron from yep. the tight end position and Vance McDonald, but that just kind of blew my mind, at least from just the receivers themselves, just how young this team is. And it's funny because last night, I can't remember who put the graphic out. It was ESPN, and they had, okay, so when Big Ben came to the league in 2004, he was 22. To put it in perspective how long he's been in the league, when he came into the league at 22, Big Ben, in 2004, Joe Burrow, the Bengals quarterback, seven years old. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens quarterback, seven years old. And the Browns quarterback, Baker Mayfield, nine years old. So it just shows you this league getting some new, fresh, young talent in, but you still got the old guard as well. Yeah, but it's, it's going to be the ties are turning. And regardless on if you do or don't, you have to pass the torch. And if everybody could, if everybody watched that 30 for 30 and they saw Larry and Michael Magic Johnson talking about Michael Jordan, like, hey, bro, we can say what we want to say we got to pass the torch to MJ because MJ is taking over the league right now. Yeah, do I think the Pittsburgh Steelers can get to the Super Bowl? I really do if, if seven stays healthy because their kryptonite is not over there anymore. Tom Brady who is who I'm talking about. But at the same time, you just got to give the Patrick Mahomes, the Lamar, you got props on what they're doing early on in their career. One already have a Super Bowl. The other one, if he gets it right, he's going to be on his way to at least getting a chance to get into the Super Bowl. And I'm sure he'll get one under his belt. So, yeah, man, you just got to pass the torch. But I think Seven would defer that on passing the torch. He, he has the, the weapons he needs. Um, it's just getting more reps with them. And as long as that defense is playing the way they play, Pittsburgh is going to be good for a minute. Ike, we'll talk in the coming weeks, too, about 
all the different teams in the league too. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have already heard all the overreactions from week one. Kind of want to get a little bit of a bigger sample size before we say, oh, this guy's washed or this team's great. Uh, Let's see what happens in the coming weeks. But week one in the books, it was awesome. Final thoughts before we sign off. Oh, man. Make sure everybody bet online. That's one. You know, make sure everybody bet online. Whether I mean, bet online even got coaches' standpoints, coaches' point of views. That's the first. Open 24-7. If you got a break and you're at work and, you know, they take it too long with your order or off a door dash, make sure you bet online. So um, I just want to thank everybody for listening to me and Mark and Mark on the Believe in Stillers podcast. See y'all in a few, a few me in a couple of days, I'm sure. And I hope y'all did enjoy this podcast. But at the same time, football is back. NFL football is back. Stay tuned and be ready. Gear up for the Broncos next week at Heinz Field. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Go subscribe to the show. Give us a five-star review. And actually, Ike, I'm glad I brought this up. Have one shout-out to a listener who gave us a five-star review. Let me pull this up. All right, this comes from Duran420. He says, I can't get enough of Ike. Man, I wish this podcast was longer. I could listen to Ike's stories all day. One of, if not the greatest Steelers podcasts around. So thank you for that five-star review. Go do that on Apple Podcasts, and thank you for that review. Appreciate you, Duran. Appreciate you, man. Just keep staying tuned. Make sure you spread the word for me and Mark and Mark. Thank you. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will see you next week. Take care. So long. We'll see you next time. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.